Hello, star babes, and welcome back to another episode of Starstruck Astrology. I'm your host, Rina Sengupta. I'm the creator, the astrologer over at Starstruck. And Starstruck is the astrology sanctuary underneath Urban Buddha. Urban Buddha is my larger community that I've built, larger brand, larger message that's really around this topic of spirituality and meditative practices to live on your karmically aligned path. Over here at Starstruck, we zone in specifically of what the cosmos have to say on that topic. So whether it's your first time listening or if you're coming back week after week, I'm just so happy that you're here. Before we get into the episode, I would love if you follow Starstruck on Instagram. I post almost every day there. I like to share affirmations, reels, kind of explaining um, a quick but in-depth explanation of current transits and it's just my space to connect with you to share how I'm vulnerably moving through the transits myself on a day-to-day and I would just love to have you in that space. If you are not already, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter as well. The newsletter, as I mentioned in last week's episode, is currently undergoing a revamp in the most exciting way. It used to be weekly. It used to be almost like a bullet-pointed transcript of the key points from these episodes, but I found that I just wasn't feeling connected to the newsletter, and I really found myself craving that newsletter community to have its own experience and voice. And I've decided to shift the newsletter to be monthly. In the newsletter, letter, you'll get a list of all of the astrological dates and transits that you need to be in the know of for the next sun season. I'll share with you kind of like a behind the scenes through the lens of my chart, what it would look like to take these transits and apply them to your own chart. I also give you ritual recommendations that I won't share anywhere else. I'm going to reserve it specifically for the newsletter. So you won't hear them on here. You won't see them on Instagram. The newsletter is going to house this like gorgeous little ritual recommendation zone as well as a mood board at the end with kind of like style and season necessities for that upcoming sun season. So that newsletter is launching on the beginning of Taurus season. So make sure that you scroll down into the show notes and subscribe to that last thing i would love if you leave a five-star review five-star reviews help this podcast to be found by so many more people because when you leave a five-star review it makes this podcast more searchable so you know if this podcast has zero reviews and someone types in starstruck or astrology this podcast might not even show up in their search results but if this podcast has 30 reviews when someone types in astrology or starstruck then this podcast will be one of the first or you know even on that list for people to find so your reviews really 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 go a long way and I know there are people out there who are just craving an astrological podcast where we talk about the weekly transits and do it in a really like human heart forward authentic and vulnerable way and by you taking just a few seconds even while you're listening you don't even need to pause the episode but just to leave a review and leave a little love note it really helps people who are looking for this community to be able to find it and I think that's one of the most beautiful things um any other updates I have I think okay we're gonna dive into the week in review in a moment but before we go there I kind of want to pull the curtain back and share some behind the scenes things with you with this podcast so some of you might know but I previously had a podcast um a year ago that was called soul calling the episodes are still up on apple Podcasts and on spotify so you are welcome to go and listen to those i know some of my community members they like listen to them over and over and over again i think there are like 15 to 22 episodes somewhere around that range and um there's a lot of wisdom baked into them but during that experience of having a previous podcast i was really struggling to find my voice and to tap into 
an authentic voice consistently. And I felt very vulnerable, but in that vulnerability, I did not yet have the, mm, like, alignment backbone to feel safe and grounded in that vulnerability. And so I, uh, it was very challenging for me to sit down and record that podcast. And I also had really high expectations from it from the beginning. I, like, immediately was almost using it to escape the success that I felt like I couldn't achieve in other parts of Urban Buddha and my work. And so when I had the calling to start this podcast, Starstruck Radio, I wanted to do everything differently because I realized that what I had done last time was just so clouded with projections and escapism and learned definitions of success and I wanted this podcast to be sustainable. I knew this podcast had to be sustainable. It was like it had no choice. It had to channel through me. So I did it in a very different way. And I started this podcast. I don't even remember what month I launched it. Um, But it was either in January or February of this year, 2023. And my goal was just consistency. I've barely promoted this podcast at all. I've had no... um, kind of system or strategy for sharing the episodes on social. Um, I've really just sat down to record. And there were a few of you who found it when I first announced it. And this whole time that I've been recording, I've been convinced that there are five listeners, two of which are my parents. (laughs) But I was like so certain every week when I sat down to record that like, I knew the community listening to this podcast was small because I wasn't actively promoting it. And in my head, I was just like, five. Yeah, my five people. And at the end of Q1, I looked back to, you know, see the analytics of this podcast and see what episodes really performed well and, you know, listened back to them and, you know, had myself understand why just so I can keep creating better and better episodes for all of you. And I was blown away because there are not five of you listening. There are 25 of you listening. And again, like, it's not the biggest number in the world, but I'm blown away. I'm truly blown away. And I'm just so freaking grateful for all 25 of you plus who are tuning in, who are listening and getting vulnerable with me. And I know it's with me because while I'm sharing these astrological transits and their deep meaning and my anecdotal experiences, living through them as a human, just like you, I know that as you're listening to me getting vulnerable, you are also, you are using the episode as a vehicle to get you into that space in your own self. And I'm just so wildly grateful for all 25 of you for showing up and doing that week after week, for prioritizing this grounding, aligning work, for prioritizing this courageous and vulnerable work. And I really was, I, I, I could talk myself in circles about this because I'm genuinely just so blown away. And it's been the magic of word of mouth, of your reviews, of you sharing it on your Instagram stories. And somehow with with no effort, with no even intention on my own end, this podcast has grown five times bigger than what I expected and anticipated. And I also, on the other end of recording these episodes, have felt so aligned. I have felt such a dedication and a love and a homecoming each week when I come down to record these episodes. And some weeks, I mean, even today, I'm super tired. This is my like fifth time trying to record. <laughs> it took me many rounds. I had to literally leave my house and put go to my boyfriend's house, put myself in a different environment because I just like couldn't 
get the match to strike today. And that happens sometimes with this podcast. Sometimes I want to record on Fridays, but I delay it until Sunday at 3 p.m. when it's, you know, the day that it's supposed to come out. But what I'm really, really proud of is how aligned this podcast is of how, you know, I have my notes for the transits we're going to talk about. I consciously reflect on my own human experiences that I want to share as anecdotes. And then I hit record and it just flows out of me. And just seeing that the podcast is effortlessly growing and that I feel so aligned in the voice at the same time I'm like boom baby like let's go let's go these are just an explosive combination so long-winded but the bottom line of sharing all of that is just for me to say I'm so wildly grateful I'm grateful for you I'm grateful for this opportunity I'm grateful for the inner work I've done to get my voice to this point, to get my astrological knowledge to this point, to maintain my compassion at this point. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I could seriously go on forever, but I don't know. I couldn't dive into this week's episode without acknowledging that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whoo. Okay bless. <laughs> we'll start to shift gears. Diving into the transits, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time or if you need a reminder, we start each episode by looking at what astrological transits happened last week. And this is so highly important to me as a healer, as a coach, as an astrologer because I notice how much we look ahead how much we're looking at that next transit, preparing for that next full moon, getting ready for that next eclipse and and future trip off of the data that we can get from where the stars are going. And we start with the reflection of last week because the astrology is of the moment. We are living it. And yes, we can look forward and prepare for the transits upcoming, that's also part of this episode, this podcast series, but we are losing out on so much value when we don't give ourselves the time to look back at our recent experiences and shape our own meaning of them. And I've mentioned this in a few episodes, but I just, I will be a bro, I will die a broken record saying this. Our brain has a negative bias. And so we live through our life, live, 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 yay, 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 live, laugh, love. <laughs> and as we go through our life, our experiences become memories. However, as our experiences turn into memories, they go through the filter of a negative unconscious bias. And we have that negative unconscious bias to keep us safe, right? To prepare. However, when we do not actively engage to shift and clear the negative bias, we fall victim to the unconscious meaning that we are making of things. And it is through reflection that we get to go in to our experiences becoming memories and make our own meaning out of them. It is through reflection that we make the meaning out of our life. And when you make your life's meaning as an active practice, as a consistent ritual, that is when you feel empowered. That is when you feel aligned. That is when you feel an expansive identity. That is when you feel optimistic and hopeful and you see possibility in the world and in your future. So with that, we start with the review of last week. So uh, on Monday last week, April 3rd, Mercury entered Taurus. 
I'm super excited for this transit because my natal Mercury is in Taurus. So I'm having my Mercury return with this transit. And a planetary return is when a planet comes back into the same sign where it was the moment you were born. So I'm having my Mercury return. Mercury is the planet, most of us know Mercury, but it's the planet of operations, communications, step-by-step processes. The way that I really like to emphasize Mercury is that it is how we see the world, how we perceive it. It is how we process what we see in the world. And it is what we make of that. So Mercury, and depending on your Mercury placement, it is how two people look at a piece of art or watch the same movie and make totally different meanings and understand totally different things about that art or that movie. So with Mercury and Taurus, it is this calling to slow down. Because Mercury is about the mind. The mind runs really fast. And it's also about how Mercury is about how how life kind of, the nuts and bolts of life fit together. And so when Mercury is in Taurus, Taurus is a very slow, sensual sign connected to the five senses. When Mercury comes into Taurus, we are being invited to shift more into our sensory experience, take in the world from our five senses, process in an embodied way, and then make meaning, a grounded sense of meaning. It slows us down. So that happened starting on Monday. I'll be honest, Mercury entering Taurus for me was slightly overshadowed by the full moon that we had on Wednesday night. So as of Monday, I didn't really notice anything about this shift. But in hindsight, when I reflect back on my week, all of last week, starting from Monday, I had this reinvigorated connection to a sense of determination but a really grounded and a really deep and a really healthy sense of determination rather than a hyper focus or an attachment or um overworking for sense of worth it all of that cleared and i just felt this profound determination I really got clear in the past week on what fixatedness I needed to release. And I specifically use that word fixatedness, a synonym for attachments, uh, stubbornness, strong-headedness. And I say fixatedness because Taurus is a fixed sign. The fixed signs are stubborn, are hard to move. It's fixed. It's not moving. Unlike a mutable sign, a mutable sign blends and flows and is dynamic and interacts. A cardinal sign initiates, takes action. And I know I'm missing one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What's the other one? I forget. It'll come up in another episode. (laughs) But... Taurus is a fixed sign. And so when Mercury entered Taurus, I had this blast of determination and it was as healthy as it was because at the same time, I I realized what I was getting fixed on that I just was getting fixed on and maybe getting just a little obsessive about for no, for no reason, for no meaning. And I think that's the difference of Mercury and Taurus is that like that healthy determination is when you are determined and that something you're determined about holds genuine meaning to you versus the unhealthy determination where you're just fixated on something, right? Like you just can't, it's agitating you and you can't take your focus off of it. 
but not coming from a conscious place, coming from a scattered place or coming from a triggered place or coming from a anxious place. So when Mercury entered Taurus, I found myself releasing what I was fixating on for no real meaning. And as I released that, it gave me more energy to actually pour into a devotion, into a determination and and really where to keep pressing on, where to keep leaning into the work. And, and having a very earnest but neutral experience in that. And I really love this conversation that's coming up on, on determination and its relation to meaning. Because Taurus rules, naturally rules, the second house in astrology. And the second house is, you know, famous and always a hot spot when doing birth chart readings because it's the house of money. The house of money, income, job. But also in this house and related to those parts of life, the second house is about self-worth. The second house is about our values, what we value, what we find meaning in, what we find beauty in. And so, of course, when Mercury goes through Taurus, we are just combing through and clearing out any parts of the process that are not actually related to what we value, what we find beauty and meaning in. Okay, so that happened last Monday. As always, I love to hear if you shared a similar internal experience this past week. Did you connect into a new sense of determination? Did you clear away things that you were fixated on because you realized you were fixated on them for actually no real meaning at all? Did you slow down this week? Did you feel yourself become a little bit more embodied this week, a little bit more connected to your senses? I love to hear it. So you can send me a DM on Instagram, starstruck2 underscores astrology. Tell me about your experience with Mercury entering Taurus. Moving on, the next transit we experienced last week was the full moon in Libra. Oh my God. Bless, bless, bless this full moon. What a wild time. As soon as I looked at the chart of this full moon, I was like, oh, (laughs) all right, we are in for one. This full moon had a direct opposition to the sun, which is what makes a full moon a full moon. There's a direct opposition to the sun, but not just the sun, also Jupiter, not just the sun and Jupiter, but also Chiron, which is just a wild three-part conjunction of mega healing. And we've had, and I mentioned this in last week's episode, we've had a lot of healing in Aries for the last few months. And what this full moon did is it demanded that we bring that healing, that we show that transformation in our external relationships, in what we bring outwardly into the world. Mm. And it was powerful. It was potent. I really noticed common themes of holding new standards for relationships. In this past week, since the full moon in Libra, I felt my social life come alive in a way that I have been craving, honestly, for years. For years. And I really attribute it to this full moon in Libra because... For years, I've been craving this new type of social life, but I also was doing a lot of my own internal work. I was having this conversation with one of my one-to-one lifestyle design clients from Urban Buddha, and she asked if, you know, when I was in a corporate job and when I was on the path that wasn't aligned for me, if, if I noticed it affect my love life. And my response to her was, you know, not necessarily. At at the time, I didn't consciously be like, wow, my love life is so um, affected by this job that's draining me. But in hindsight, 
I was just not in touch with the parts of me that now lead in my most healthy relationships. And so like, of course, my, my love life was operating at a lower frequency, but it wasn't a conscious like, oh, I feel like I can't access it. It was more of like, I didn't even have a relationship with myself. And that is all the healing we've been doing with Chiron and Aries, Jupiter and Aries. Chiron has been in Aries for years. Jupiter has been in Aries on and off for the last year. And after, you know, Chiron and Jupiter being there, I feel like I've really built this relationship with myself, right? And that's Aries, the self, the identity, the individual, the ego. I've built such a proficient and deep and connective experience there where now in this full moon in Libra, the relationships came in with ease. The full moon in Libra finally opened the portal for me to share this relationship I have with myself in relation to other. And it has been so, so gorgeous. Like multiple new friends who I feel so soul connected to in just the past seven days. And I'm so grateful for it. I feel so lighthearted because of it. Libra is all about that lightheartedness. And yeah, I'm really walking away from this full moon in Libra just feeling feeling love, feeling love, feeling gratitude. I will say the shadowy side of that full moon in Libra that we had to transmute is that you know, we had that opposition to everything in Aries. Aries is about anger. And I noticed myself and others, we had to talk out some anger we were holding. And it was unlike maybe a new moon in Aries or the or a full moon in Aries. It wasn't like, I'm going to go punch a pillow. <laughs> I'm going to go scream. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't an all-consuming anger. For example, I was on a phone with a friend and I was kind of talking through something and I was like, I think I'm angry. Oh, oh, I'm angry. And we just literally walked through it step by step. She goes, oh, okay, why are you angry? And I just explained, I just explained, I just talked it through, I just bent it, but I felt very lighthearted still the entire time while moving through that venting. And so if you felt anger, maybe you might still be sitting with anger or angst post the full moon in Libra, just continue to to talk through it. And as we get into next week's or this current week's transits, um, you'll have support in that, but we'll get there later on. Oh, Okay. With the full moon in Libra, I also saw a lot of people, myself included, finally admit and accept deep truths. Finally admit and accept deep truths about their lives and their work and actually experience a sense of justice and harmony with your soul contract with what our souls came here to do. And it was just this illumination of what we're doing because we think we should be doing it versus what we really feel inspired and called to embrace and create. A little anecdote that I'll give is I was listening to a podcast And in the podcast, they were talking about the difference of the ego trying to manifest something and the soul manifesting something. And when the soul manifests something, it drops in pretty magnificently and pretty quick. When the ego is manifesting something, it's a grind because it is not actually in our highest alignment. And so the universe can't operate in the same ways. The blessings that it gives and alignment with our soul can't be translated to the demands and the staunchness of the ego. 
And I was listening to this podcast and really thinking about what have I been manifesting that has really been coming from the ego rather than the soul. And if I were to get honest about what my soul really wants to do, what would it be? And it was super uncomfortable for 10 seconds. And then suddenly I was like, I want to I wanna create. I want to write. I want to DJ. I want to host retreats. I want to make a clothing line. I want to I help people with their style more and their self-expression. And I had been putting so much weight on the technical next steps of the business. Sign that client. Make that promotional content for the podcast. <laughs> Get that number up to this other number, right? And like do it this exact way. And I really noticed, and this relates back to Mercury and Taurus too, I really noticed where I was fixating on things. And when I took a step back, I just opened and, and, and saw really, really what the art I wanted to create. And I say art as a broad term. And I saw so many people around me do the same thing and make art. I'm staring at this massive painting my boyfriend made last week that is gorgeous. It's like a plaster painting that is three and a half by five feet deep orange. It's it's gorgeous. It has so much emotion and personality and meaning. And I saw fellow friends make similar decisions in, in their business and and what modalities they choose to bring the healing arts to others. And it was just so beautiful to watch this, this admitting and this accepting and the subsequent harmony come through. Ooh, all right. I think that's all I want to say for the full moon in Libra. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Last astrological transit of last week, Mercury entered its shadow period. Woo! I love Mercury retrogrades. I love them. And I love them because I have totally unattached from the victim mentality that is perpetrated through pop astrology surface level astrology conversations and it is not about mercury coming in to ruin your life it is not about preparing for disaster mercury retrograde is a divine time where we get to reflect where we get to slow down scale back and say okay what have i been building how have I been moving and building it? Why? And are there any snags in the foundation of what I'm building that I can tend to now so that when Mercury goes direct, I can actually move forward in alignment? Mercury retrograde is all about mental and operational realignment. It is one of the most powerful times to rewrite the internal narrative. To heal and rewire the subconscious patterns. To choose a new way of seeing the world and so operating within that world. And we have to slow down to do it. We have to pause and notice to do it and sometimes mishap <laughs> is how mercury gets our attention to do it so if if this way of speaking to mercury retrograde lights you up i am hosting a mercury retrograde intensive that i'm so excited about i hosted it for the first time in december and january and what it is is a group course and you'll get self-paced materials to better understand Mercury retrograde and help you move through it in a new way. We have live calls where I teach you how to read your own chart 
We have workbooks for you to plug and play and, and see like, like if I were filling out the workbook, I would see like, okay, Mercury is retrograding in Taurus. Taurus rules my fill in the blank. I would look at my chart with the resources I give you. Taurus rules my seventh house. The seventh house means fill in the blank. I would flip through the ebook that I make for all of you and I would fill in the blank. Seventh house relates to relationships, um, partnerships, and harmony, balance. And so then I would synthesize that information. Okay, I'm having an opportunity to reflect and review the way I operate within relationships and my relationship to harmony and balance. So scaling that back, cool. I know now to prep for some work being done within my relationship. The power of it too is I can look at my partner's chart. I know that Taurus rules his fourth house of the home. So while I am having this internal experience of our relationship growing, but needing to like pause and review in order to grow, I know that he's going through that same thing in terms of his home and in terms of his emotions, his self-care. These are all themes of the fourth house. So so this is an insight of, of what we do inside the Mercury Retrograde Intensive. Then we meet on live calls, we share our analysis, you can ask questions, right? Because you're likely, you know, a beginner at this. And so you can say like, okay, did I fill this out right? This is kind of what I interpreted or this is I, what I interpreted, but now I'm stuck. Now what? Like, like let me get some coaching, And it is just a wild, amazing time where we unite and harness this astrological transit really for our higher evolution rather than just assuming it's going to be a victim experience. So if you are interested in joining the Mercury Retrograde Intensive, send me a DM on Instagram just with the word retrograde in it. You can just send me retrograde. You can say, hey, I'm interested in the Mercury Retrograde Intensive whatever your message is, I'm so excited to receive it. I live for these group programs. This essence of community really is just so potent in its in its healing, right? Like, yes, we're working with astrology, but like so much of the healing is just in the community experience of authenticity and vulnerability in itself. So I'm excited to get all those messages from all of you. And if you just want to learn more, um, just ask me you want to learn more. And I try to price this pretty accessibly. It is $140 for the program, and you can either pay that in full or you can pay it in two monthly payments of $70. And if finances are like a total mm, block for you, tell me about it. Like I, I want to make this as accessible as possible. Um, because this work will change your life. You genuinely will never experience Mercury retrograde in the same way again. You will always be able to identify where the opportunity is and you'll be able to see that collective low frequency conversation of a sustained victim experience, a sustained suffering experience. And you'll just be able to, you know, laugh along and just be like, okay, yeah, maybe my coffee spilled, but like I can find the humor in that because I'm not attaching to these experiences. And I know that in the coffee spilling, it's really mercury. It is really the universe speaking to me and inviting me to listen in more. So diving into what this shadow period really means for all of us. So it it doubles down on the themes of Mercury and Taurus that we talked about earlier in this episode. But I've really noticed even just in the first few days of Mercury and its shadow period, it's been a, a deeply emotional time, but not necessarily emotional. You might think it's emotional, but because we are deeply relating and rewiring our relationship to our ethics and our values. These very deep core parts of ourselves. Why? Because Taurus, as I said earlier in the episode, relates to the second house of work, money, self-worth, ethics, values, priorities. 
And so during this Mercury retrograde, we are reconnecting to our ethics and we are seeing the world through the lens of our true ethics and values. And I are I feel it in myself, I feel it and I see it with my friends. It's just this blossoming. It's truly a blossoming. So if that theme relates to you, message me about the Mercury Retrograde Intensive. If you are working on abundance mindset, if you are working on money mindset, if you are working on priorities and putting yourself first, if you are working on feeling aligned in your job and in your work, if you are working on the balance between rest and dedication, then this Mercury Retrograde Intensive was made for you. Because not every Mercury Retrograde is in Taurus. But if you are ready to dive into those themes, then you are ready to dive more consciously into this Mercury Retrograde Intensive. And I would love to support you along the way. The last thing with Mercury entering its shadow period that I noticed is Taurus is all about the comforts of the world. But what I really have seen with Mercury in its shadow period is everyone talking about their love for discomfort and how really like they feel their most, they feel most like themselves when they are uncomfortable. And I think this is part of one, the people I've been attracting in terms of like, you know, this new social life awakening that I had with the full moon and Libra like that's the type of person I want to be friends with that's the type of person I want to be around but I've just noticed it's come up in multiple conversations talking about just how much more comfortable someone is in discomfort and how much more comfortable someone is really in their growth in their becoming and mercury retrograde in its shadow is going to bring that forward. And so if you're someone who's been fixated on the comfortable because change is terrifying to you, you might feel more of a shadow experience of that. But that shadow experience is only coming forward so you can transmute it, so you can become the type of person who says, I'm, I'm most comfortable in the uncomfortable. So you can become the type of person who's telling a story and says, yeah, I knew it was time to go because things started to get really comfortable. And then have that insinuate that that it was no longer comfortable for you to stay there, right? That's what this Mercury retrograde shadow period has really brought forward already. Diving into this current week, what's upcoming we have Venus entering Gemini. So not only am I having um, my Mercury return, but Venus entering Gemini will also be my Venus return. Venus returns are a super fun time. Well, they can be not fun, but the result is always fun of getting your life more aligned so that you can be in connection with abundance and beauty more. I mentioned earlier about with the full moon in Libra, I was like, if you still feel anger, if you still feel angst, or if you're not at that point of feeling like justice has hit yet, keep venting out, keep talking out, keep verbal processing. And I said, there will be a transit in this current week that that really supports that. I'm talking about Venus entering Gemini. Venus in Gemini is the social butterfly. It is all about words, words of affirmation, written letters, like just a strong verbal hug. (laughs) That is Venus entering Gemini. Wordsmith. Ooh, wordsmith. Venus in Gemini is also a very social butterfly. We are likely to have experiences that are stimulating and spontaneous and lighthearted. And one thing with Venus and Gemini too is that we tap into abundance, right? Because Venus is about abundance. Venus is about beauty. So while Venus is in Gemini, as we talk more and converse more and are more spontaneous and 
just social butterflies, those activities get us in stronger connection to love, beauty, and abundance. There's this one quote that says, the more fun I have, or one affirmation, quote, affirmation, interchangeable. But it says, the more fun I have, the more money I make. The more fun I have, the more money I make. I think if Venus and Gemini could say one thing, that is what it would say. The more fun I have, the more money I make. And you can change that out for anything. Maybe you love the amount of money you make. Maybe you have a great dynamic with that. The more fun I have, the more love comes in my life. The more fun I have, the more romance I have. The more fun I have, the more beauty I have in my life. All of these Venetian themes. And just really letting yourself embrace that play. Embrace that play and especially with your words, especially with your communication. With Venus and Gemini, it'll especially give us rich conversations. It's a great time for networking. And I think networking sometimes gets a like stiff, I don't know, association with it. I mean really networking, working a room, like meeting people in the world and being connected to the right person at the right time and having a great conversation with someone. And while you're having a great conversation with someone, they're like, you remind me so much of this one person I know. You two share these same values. I have to connect you. You're going to do something together. I know it. I have to connect you. I know that you're just going to support each other right? That is Venus and Taurus. And that is networking. That's, that's true. Higher frequency, interconnected, passion-oriented networking. Venus and Gemini is also a great time for abundance in social life and friend circles. So if you're like me and for the last few years, you've just been craving this, this new kind of relationship with your, with your friendships, Venus and Gemini is a great time to work into that. The last transit for next week that I want to prepare you for is Vesta entering Taurus. I love Vesta. Vesta is one of the asteroids. Um, And for those of you that don't know, there is a grouping of asteroids in between Mars and Jupiter. And it is believed that all of these asteroids used to be one planet that got hit by a meteor and it broke off into these different asteroids. And it's called the asteroid belt in astronomy. And each of these asteroids represent just different nuances of life. And I really love speaking to them. I haven't stumbled upon a lot of astrologers who speak to them, but I just can't let them go. I just, I live for the nuance that they bring forward. So Vesta is the asteroid of our spiritual life force, our primal life force energy, our creative life force energy, the spark within us, our inner flame. When Vesta enters Taurus, Taurus is earthy, it's grounded, it's connected to the senses, it's fixed. And so with Vesta entering Taurus on Saturday, April 15th, we are going to go into a season of connecting to our bodies. Truly, your body is your temple. Whatever you need to do from April 15th on for the next six weeks or so, Do what you need to do to genuinely feel your body as your temple for the life force within it, for the inner spark within it. While Vesta is in Taurus, it's also a time to connect in with earth, with earth as God, with earth as source, with earth as spiritual leader. So often we we look up, we look out to where, you know, this higher being might be, this greater source might be. And with Vesta and Taurus, there is a source right under our feet. There is a source that we are so clearly part of. And really connecting in with that, with your primal energy. All right, that is it for this week. Um, I will say it's, it's a relatively quieter week, but that's amazing because starting 
next week, the week starting on, let me get my date, the 16th, um, we're going to shift over to Taurus season and have eclipses begin. So enjoy the spaciousness of this week. Really integrate all of the shifts from the full moon. Tune in, really embrace and notice the shifts of Mercury in its shadow period. And just let yourself process, let yourself embody, let yourself be. All right, before we go, I um, I mentioned earlier, I talked about fixed cardinal immutable signs. And I want to find, I think there are only three, mutable, I'm Googling it right now. Um, I'm 90% sure there are only three. Yeah, there are. Okay, amazing. There are three modalities. They're called modalities. And there are four signs within each modality. So for example, the four immutable signs are Gemini, Virgo, and Sagittarius. Um, you know what? This looks incorrect. We're going to journey into this conversation later on, <laughs> but I wanted to give you all more resources, but um, I want to make sure that it's clear. Okay. Anyway, I was excited. Reel it back. All right. Come back into your body. Whew. Just feel alive with all of the cosmic happenings that are unfolding real time and they are happening around you, but they are directly influencing your energy body and in your energy body you are processing all of those cosmic shifts real time emotionally mentally physically and just let yourself continue dropping into your body to to let these cosmic evolutions really unfold I had so much fun recording this podcast episode, such fun energy coming forward. Again, if you loved this podcast, go ahead and leave a five-star review. Give a little love note about why you love this podcast. It really helps others. It helps me to stay inspired. I just like hearing from all of you. Um, and if you're interested in the Mercury Retrograde Intensive, it will change the way you experience Mercury Retrogrades forever. You can message me on Instagram, the word retrograde, and I'll get you more details you need and get you signed up. Otherwise, have a gorgeous, gorgeous rest of your week, and I will see you next time.